Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, September the 18th. And my mission as MLA for Cumberland North continues to be to represent you, the people of Cumberland North. I'm an independent MLA, meaning I work for you, the people, with a foundation on the principles of democracy. Building on a foundation that is truth and justice, determination and dedication, honesty, being a servant leader, and with a goal of empowering all people. Together, you and I can build stronger communities built on the strength of our veterans and standing firm on the four pillars of excellence in healthcare, affordability, education in our children, and entrepreneurship in the economy. Other work that I focus on is around maritime collaboration, protection of the Chignecto Isthmus, and truth and justice for sexual assault and family violence survivors. These are the priorities in line with my vision for a positive, vibrant community here in Cumberland North. Last week in politics was certainly a busy one. I want to start off the update today acknowledging the very sad news of one of our local physicians who died very suddenly and tragically on Thursday evening of last week, Dr. John Atia. He was a young man. I don't know his exact age, but he certainly was not very old. It's a very sad time for the nurses and physicians and healthcare team that worked with him uh, for the last few years up at Cumberland Regional Healthcare Center, as well as All Saints Hospital, where he did some emerge shifts there. His funeral will be in Halifax, and I will be sharing the details of his funeral when that is publicly available. We are all coming off of a weekend that had some stress for some people as we watched Hurricane Lee turn into a post-tropical storm and hit southwest Nova Scotia on Saturday afternoon. Thankfully, the storm did not do a lot of damage here in our local area and throughout Nova Scotia. We're all very thankful for that. We did have some loss of power in some areas of the constituency, but as far as I know, Everyone has power back today. And, you know, we've experienced some bad storms and hurricanes in the past with Hurricane Dorian in 2019. Then, of course, last year, Hurricane Fiona. And, of course, we're still cleaning up from Hurricane Fiona. So I'm very thankful that Hurricane Lee did not do a ton of damage here in Cumberland North as well as all of Nova Scotia. If you have any concerns and need any assistance, uh, if you did uh, occur any damage and need any advice or assistance, please contact my office and my staff will be happy to help you out. The phone number for my office is 902-661-2288. Last week, in addition to my regular constituency work, I did a little bit of traveling and I visited two sites that I've been trying to get to for quite a while now. And one of them is called Sustained Technologies. It's located in Chester. Uh, and when I say Chester, I'm not referring to all of the yacht club area of Chester, but rather the more rural area of Chester, closer to Windsor. And I've been wanting to go to see tech Sustained Technologies for a while now. And the reason is I've been watching them for the last decade, watching the information coming out about this company. Sustained Technologies is a Canadian-based clean tech innovator focused on municipal waste transformation. 
So Sustain's technology that they use, it's able to recapture, repurpose, and upcycle almost 90% of the garbage that would ordinarily end up in a landfill. Mr. Stephen Emerson, the CEO and president of Emerson Packaging, attended with me and together we toured the facility. Of course, Mr. Emerson is the, uh, the president of my largest employer outside of government and healthcare, my largest employer here in Cumberland North. He owns Emerson Packaging, which is located in the industrial park here in Amherst and employs over 400 people. So Mr. Emerson and I took a tour of this plant. We watched garbage go into the plant, biomass and plastics were separated, cooked and cleaned, and then the biomass is changed into pellets that can be burned for energy. And the plastics, the polyethylene and polypropylene, are turned into diesel and other fuels. Now, of course, the technology to create plastics is plastics come from raw materials of natural gas or oil. So they're simply turning that plastic back into uh, liquid fuel. And they use that fuel to, gener to generate energy to run their plant, but then they also sell that fuel as well. This company is doing something that no one else is doing in the, in the world, right here, right here in Nova Scotia. The potential to use this technology throughout Nova Scotia and around the world is huge. They're turning garbage destined to be buried in a landfill into usable energy. So I was very grateful to have the time and to be able to go and have a tour of this facility and look forward to seeing if there's ways we can um, use this technology here locally and or in other areas. And certainly, I believe that if there's a way of creating energy and creating, reusing our garbage versus burying in the ground, I believe we should be doing that. Last year, I tabled a bill. It's Bill 250. It still sits on the order paper, and it's asking the government to stop burying plastic. The Houston government did ignore that bill that I tabled, and there's been no action taken in this regard. And the reason I tabled that bill is because most people don't realize that all of the garbage that you're separating is all going in the same place. You know, years, years ago, the plastic was sold mostly to China, it was shipped overseas, but after the pandemic, that has stopped. So there's, there's no economic market right now uh, to send the plastic, so it's being buried. So even though you're separating everything, it's going all in the same place and being buried in the ground. And I, I do believe we need to be looking uh, at innovation and technology and stop burying our plastic, find ways to create uh, energy from that. And I will be continuing to pressure the government to take a look at this. And I think looking specifically at this company, Sustained Technologies, and uh, what they're doing is a great example of what can be done. And then last week, I also visited Elmsdale Lumber in Elmsdale, Nova Scotia. I did that on Thursday. An owner, uh, President Robin Wilbur, and his son, Vice President Mark Wilbur, shared some industry concerns with me that also impact those working in the forestry industry here in Cumberland County, and that's why I went. I first met Robin Wilbur back when there was concerns around Northern Pulp and uh, what was going to happen with all of the wood chips that would normally be shipped to help create pulp fiber to make toilet paper. And now that Northern Pulp has been shut down now for a couple of years, it really has changed the, the industry 
and uh, mills like Elmsdale Lumber are looking for new markets for to sell their chips to use their wood chips we don't want them to go to waste Robin and I and his son Mark also discussed the carbon tax because the carbon tax is really harming uh, our foresters and people that work in the forestry industry it's also slowing housing construction and we all know that we need more housing so that's a real concern so while fishers and farmers have exemptions from the carbon tax for some reason forestry doesn't it's kind of ironic considering forestry does play such a large role in the sequestration of carbon. So despite these challenges, Robin and his son Mark and their team of about 50 people continue to change with innovation and plan to actually build a biochar plant that will ensure some of the rich wood chips will be used to create a product that can be used to increase food production by enriching the soil. So Elmsdale Lumber produces approximately 30 million board feet of spruce lumber annually and again, employs about 50 people. It's really uh, great to see as well the success that that company has had. Robin Wilbur is the third generation owner of the mill. He spoke to me a lot about his father and his grandfather who first started the mill back in the early 1900s and done so to help actually with the war effort. And now he's the third generation owner and his son Mark will be the fourth generation owner. It's a real family affair. It was a real honor to be able to have a tour of the mill. I was there for three hours, took lots of pictures and learned a lot about sort of the milling process. I'm very proud of their company, great Nova Scotia company that's doing great work. We certainly need the lumber for housing and for construction. So thank you so much to Robin and Mark for their hospitality. Friday, I drove to Halifax to file an application to be an intervener with the court case of the provincial government against the federal government to cover the cost for the protection of the Shignecto Isthmus. So back in July, the Attorney General of Nova Scotia asked the court for its opinion about the responsibility for the infrastructure across the Isthmus. The specific question is, quote, is the infrastructure which protects the, the interprovincial transportation, trade, and communication links across the Chignecto Isthmus within the exclusive legislative authority of the Parliament of Canada, end quote. And any person or group that wanted to participate in the reference could apply to be an intervener, and that's defined as a party the court deems qualified to present an argument on the question it is attempting to answer. So I did make an application on Friday to be an intervener in that court uh, court proceeding. So if I'm approved this Thursday, I will be in court on Thursday representing you, representing this area on the needs of the Shignecto Isthmus. The Shignecto Isthmus needs protection now, not in six years or in 10 years as currently is the Premier's plan. Healthcare. I always talk about healthcare. Last week I continued to receive messages from constituents regarding ambulances that were not available when 911 was called. As well, we hear daily from people without a family doctor and no nurse practitioner. I am working on a plan with some local business people to try to help those that are already recruiting to try to help bring more success. Housing, we hear daily from people that do not have a place to live and want help finding a place. There are very few places available to rent right now throughout Cumberland North and little to no low income or affordable places to rent. 
the Houston government increased the rent subsidy, so now it's actually harder to get. They raised the threshold from 30% to 50% of your total income must be spent on housing, and that change alone has really hurt a lot of people. The province released the public accounts for 2022-23 fiscal year ending March 31st. Last week, the province reported a surplus of $115.7 million compared to with an estimated deficit of $506 million. So when you look at those numbers, the projections by the Department of Finance and the Finance Minister, Alan McMaster, was off by over $600 million. The media did question them, how could they be off by that much? And uh, there was not really a good good answer given. The total consolidated revenues were $15.6 billion for the province, which was an increase of $2 billion from the budget estimate. So that is pretty significant that we the people, again, were $2 billion off. Uh, in their estimates of revenues for the province. And of course, this was due mainly due to tax revenues, recoveries, federal transfers, net income from government business enterprises, and investment income. This total includes $928.6 million in a one-time revenue from previous years. So that's a lot of money, and a lot of it's coming off of the backs of Nova Scotians and paying increased taxes due to inflation. Total consolidated expenses were $15.5 billion, an increase of $1.3 billion from the budget estimate. And of course, a lot of the appropriations or money spent uh, from the surplus and, and differences uh, in the estimates was not done with legislative authority. So there was no discussions, debate uh, in the Nova Scotia legislature. We're one of the only provinces that this occurs and the Auditor General did come out last year uh, criticizing the government for not being in the legislature enough and not having proper debate and oversight, government oversight, with spending of all of this money. Of course this is a weakening of democracy when we see uh, leaders making financial decisions without any input from the legislative body, the House of Assembly, and it should raise uh, an alarm bell, should raise a concern when we see a move away from democratic governments. And I'm sure that will be discussed when we get to the, to the fall session of the legislature. So the government surplus that we're seeing, we know is off the backs of the people of Nova Scotia. So that is why last week I did release a five point action plan to make life more affordable to you. And I will continue to pressure the Houston government to adopt these solutions. I know some of my MLA colleagues in opposition have tabled similar uh, action items, similar solutions as well. And I look forward to being in the legislature soon to be talking about this in the House of Assembly. Last week, we saw some changes to the Executive Council, or the Cabinet, as we often hear it referred to. I want to say a big congratulations to the new newly elected MLA for Preston. Her name is Twyla Gross. She joins Cabinet as the first Minister of African Nova Scotia Affairs, as well as Minister of the Public Service Commission, becoming the first female African Nova Scotia member of the Nova Scotia Executive Council, or Cabinet. The Premier also made an announcement that Carla McFarlane will be nominated as the first female speaker when the House of Assembly resumes on Thursday, October the 12th. Of course, that has to be voted on by all the MLAs, but since they have a majority, I'm assuming 
that she will win that vote back when that happens on October the 12th. And I remember when I was in uh, opposition with Carla McFarlane and when I was part of the PC party, she often talked about her dream to be the first female speaker of the Nova Scotia Assembly. So I know that this is certainly a dream come true for her. The current speaker, Keith Bain, will resign his post on the first day of the upcoming session, but he'll continue to sit as an MLA as part of the PC caucus. Trevor Boudreau, he's an MLA for Richmond. He becomes the Minister of Community Services. And Kent Smith, MLA for Eastern Shore, joins the cabinet as fisheries and aquaculture minister. And of course, Trevor is is taking the place of Carla McFarlane, who was the Minister of Community Services, and Kent Smith is taking over the responsibility of fisheries and aquaculture for Steve Craig, who is continuing to sit as an MLA but will not be reoffering in the next election, which I believe will be next summer. We'll see what happens, but uh, certainly looking at the patterns of this Premier, he tends to follow suit for what uh, John Buchanan did. And if those of you that are older will remember John Buchanan, went to the polls every three years and my prediction will be that uh, Tim Houston will be following suit. Also some of the changes last week Alan McMaster also becomes Minister of Communities, Cultures and Tourism and Heritage while he retains his current responsibilities as Minister of Finance and Treasury Board, Minister of Labor Relations and Minister of Gaelic Affairs and Deputy Premier and of course he's replacing Pat Dunn, who was Minister of Community, Culture, Tourism and Heritage, and Pat Dunn is also not going to be re-offering in the next election, which again I'm predicting will be next summer. Jill Balser becomes the Minister responsible for the Advisory Council on the Status of Women and retains her portfolio as Minister of Labour, and I'm really hoping that Jill Balser will be pressuring the Executive Council to be bringing forth legislation around NDAs around cases of sexual assault, that's non-disclosure agreements, and I had tabled a bill in the spring asking for non-disclosure agreements not to be allowable, illegal, for political parties to use, and the leader of the NDP, Claudia Chender, had tabled a bill uh, in the previous year asking the government to follow suit of other provincial governments, as well as in the United Kingdom, of making NDAs illegal to be used at all in cases of sexual assault. So I'm really hoping that Jill Balser will be uh, leading that cause as she is now the minister responsible for the Advisory Council on the Status of Women. I also want to join the Premier in thanking outgoing ministers Pat Dunn and Steve Craig for their work and their dedication over the past two years. I've had the privilege of knowing both of those gentlemen well personally. They are both gentlemen and I wish them well in their years ahead and in their retirement when that happens. A little news here in the constituency office. I've hired a new legislative assistant. He will be joining me in the legislature this fall. His name is Alex Wilson and Alex just graduated with a political science degree and has been actively involved in politics for several years. He has Cumberland County roots. Both sets of his grandparents were from here in Cumberland County. So please join me in welcoming Alex to our team and hopefully many of you listening will have an opportunity to meet him in the future.
I would like to wish everyone celebrating a birthday or anniversary this week a very happy celebration. Today, Monday the 18th, Ashley Hickey is celebrating a birthday. On Tuesday the 19th, John Dickey is celebrating a birthday. And of course, John is the owner of Dickey Meats in Leicester. So if you have an opportunity, please go out. The best way to support anyone in business is to buy their product. So maybe John will have an increase in sales tomorrow at Dickey Meats. Happy birthday, John. Wednesday the 20th, Ed Hannigan is celebrating a birthday, and Ed is a very intelligent uh, gentleman. He lives in the Gulf Shore along with his wife, Marilyn Kinnear, and just an incredible gentleman, and I wish uh, nothing but the best for Ed and hope that he has a great birthday celebration on Wednesday the 20th. On Thursday the 21st, we have Laura Farrow is celebrating a birthday, and Laura does a lot of great work here in the community. She's been very active with Relay for Life. She does a lot of great work through the Cumberland YMCA, and we wish her the best on Thursday. On Friday, Brenda Ryu is celebrating a birthday, Friday the 22nd. And on Saturday the 23rd, Tanya Dwyer and Nicole Schrader are celebrating. Is anyone else that has a birthday or anniversary this week? My best wishes to you all. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of Loring Lowther Wilmot. And of course, as I mentioned at the beginning of this update, the healthcare community and family and friends of Dr. John Atiyah. As I end off the MLA update today, I want to share with you all that this week is Legion Week. And Legion Week is designed to educate visitors on the good work that local branches do in our community. It reinforces the importance of the role of that Legion branches play in our shared vision to serve and support veterans, as well as contribute to the well-being of so many communities throughout the country. Now, we have many active legions here throughout Cumberland North, and I want to give hats off to the local legion here in the town of Amherst. They have a, a local veteran, Justin McKay, as well as many of the legion members have organized just an incredible week this week. There's many activities happening. Uh, please attend and support as much as you possibly can. They're also selling uh, lawn signs that you can put on your front lawn that says that you support veterans and support the Legion. So that's something you can pick up at the Amherst Legion as well. So there's all kinds of activities happening this week. And I want to mention this Saturday, September the 23rd, there will be the Afghanistan War Memorial unveiling events. And the schedule of events starts right at 8 o'clock in the morning from 8 o'clock till 10.30. There's a pancake breakfast and coffee at the Legion. Uh, from 9 to 10, there'll be a guided motorbike ride registration. The ride will depart shortly after and arrive back at Branch 10 between 11.30 and noon. From 11.30 till 1 o'clock, there's a barbecue at Branch 10 with support from the 154 Anson Royal Canadian Air Cadets as well as the Royal Canadian Sea Cadets. And then the big event at 1.15 in the afternoon, the color party and pipe band, as well as any Afghanistan veterans, will form a lineup on Lawrence Street. And soon thereafter, there will be a ceremony for the unveiling, and everything will end approximately around 2.15 or 2.30. The Amherst Legion is welcoming everyone to go back to the Legion for a social time. And then that evening, there's a dance from 8 o'clock till 11 o'clock at night, a dance featuring Derailed 2.0. 
There's also portraits of honor painting copy on display at Branch 10 in Amherst uh, from September the 21st to the 24th, and they're inviting the public to come and see that. So I wanted to make mention of that. We have an incredible legion uh, legions throughout Cumberland North, and the work that's being done uh, really especially over the last year or so at the Amherst Legion. I just have to, I just have to give uh, a big shout out to all the members of the Legion, to all those that are working tirelessly and doing so much for our community and to honor the veterans and to honor those in military service. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll certainly be there on Saturday for the Afghanistan War Memorial unveiling and I'll be there to support the events as much as I can. So I hope that all of you listening will also be able to attend. Please take care of yourselves, take care of others, always try to be outward focused, looking for ways to serve others in our community. I will continue to do that in my role as MLA. I want to end today's update by saying thank you to everyone at CFTA 107.9 for providing me with this opportunity to share with you my update as MLA for Cumberland North. Have a great week, everyone.